from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Bring in my great pal, Rich Lowry, National Review Editor-in-Chief, longtime National Review Editor-in-Chief. Rich Lowry. Jeez, tough on Trump this morning in the New York Post. If I Maybe, maybe I should have you on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear your plea last night for unity. I, I saw it replayed on Fox this morning. I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, um, and I, I see it's uh, sort of moving around uh, the social media sites, that the best thing that could happen right now is for – president trump to wait i'm not telling him not to Mm -hmm. run all right that's going to be his decision i'm just saying don't declare the candidacy because the midterms aren't over because the priority has to be herschel walker right america first herschel walker first that's the last platoon and um i'd also like to see mr trump not only hold off on any campaign announcements but also to throw a couple million into the herschel walker race uh, yeah, to help I'll, to see get you, out the I'll see you and uh, I'll see you and raise you. I, I think you definitely should not announce Tuesday and you should give Herschel his list, which he hasn't done for anyone. Let Herschel raise, you know, 10 or 15 million dollars off that list. And then if things bounce the right way in Nevada, you know, God mm-hmm. knows. Mm-hmm. And uh, Herschel wins. Then if you're the president, you can say, look, I, I helped put Herschel over the uh, the finish line. This now looks a little better than 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 we thought. And then, you know, maybe the. The narrative around all this has changed a little bit, and it's more favorable for him to announce. But I think that's the play. I think people are trying to convince him of that, and and we'll see. So I said that publicly on the show. You got to give me a little bit of credit. I'm totally with you. (laughs) You got to give me a tiny bit of credit. Uh, For for people who don't know, this is a long-playing record, this conversation I'm having with my dear friend Rich Lowry. Just a little bit of credit. Um I think that, you know, the uh, I, Rich, I think one of the reasons, and maybe this is true, maybe this is not true, but it just occurs to me that one of the reasons that the cavalry didn't come the way we hoped it would come is I think the GOP in general, and maybe me too, we didn't, uh, we underestimated the power of the abortion issue and Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't, it was out there and then it wasn't out there and, economy and inflation was huge but actually i think the abortion issue was also and i think a lot of pollsters missed that yeah i mean in august it had changed the momentum of the midterms and then it seemed to be snapping back to what i considered the fundamentals the economy the inflation and the president's unpopularity and i I just assumed that that was the dynamic and there was a counter dynamic that was more like august right at the end that uh, maybe it was there all along and missed all along or maybe it just happened at the end. But I think there was there was a bit of a blue wave at the end. You know, I was looking, there's a lot of recriminations about the polling around the New Hampshire Senate race. Our, our friend Robert Cahaley at Trafalgar, he had Baldock one point ahead hmm. and some people, ah, you know, that's so crazy. Then I looked at the real clear average. It was 1.9 uh, Hassan. And you, you looked at every poll, whether it was a mainstream poll or a Republican poll, a Democratic poll, even if they had her ahead, it was by one or three points when mm-hmm. she'd been ahead by like 10 a, a month earlier. So you figure the momentum, everyone shows the momentum's in Baldock's favor. Mm. You assume the momentum's going to happen for another couple of days. There's no early vote in New Hampshire. That guy could win, you mm. know, and he loses by 10 points. So there's something out there that wasn't picked up. And another huge factor that I just, I still have trouble getting my head around 
final NBC News poll had some good news for Democrats, said enthusiasm was equal to Republicans, but had Biden's approval rating among independents at 28 percent three days before an election. Mm. That's not survivable. It's not survivable. Mm. But Democrats, if you believe the exit polls, won independence nationally by four points. And some of these key races, Pennsylvania, Arizona, won them by like 19 or 30 points. And mm. if you have a wave, uh, you win, win independence by double digits. We did it in 94. We did it in 10. They did it in 06. They did it in 18. And we lost independence. So if, if you want one explanation, um, just mathematically, uh, or in terms of the nature of the electorate, that was it. We, we lost independence. Well, that's just, uh, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, I, I uh, agree with your numbers. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the empirics. I'm just saying I don't understand. I mean, for mm-hmm. example, on the economy and inflation, uh, the Republicans had, I don't know, 30-point leads with independence. And also, yep. with respect, I had seen polls that showed um, independent women, because of the crime issue, were going Republican. But none of that yep. seemed to pan out, Rich. And I'm, I'm, it's a head scratcher. You know what I mean? I don't understand it. It's a total head scratcher. So, I, I mean, I think candidate quality mattered a lot. Like mm. Ted Budd in, in North Carolina, there was a, a Republican advantage in who showed up by seven points. Mm. And then he lost independence by nine points. That's survivable. A lot, a lot of these races, Republicans actually had more people show, you know, the, the partisan breakdown of the voters was in their favor, you know, six, seven points. But then, you know, if you're losing independence by 20, um, you, you can't, you do the math and you're going to lose. And I think just, you know, these, some of these candidates like uh, Oz and, and Masters and others just weren't appealing enough to the middle and the persuadables. And we kind of forget there are still persuadable people out there. You know, mm. a lot of us are dug in. Mm. The bases are hugely important, but there's still like 30 percent who are independents. And maybe it's less if you push them and, and ask whether you're really leaning uh, someone who's truly a Democrat, calls yourself an independent or truly a Republican. But it's still a, a significant part of the electorate. And mm. you need to win those people. And I think we can. We clearly can. You know, Ron DeSantis did it. Mm-hmm. Brian Kemp did it. Mm-hmm. Others did it. And Kemp and DeSantis aren't wimps. Right? I mean, th- these are courageous conservative fighters who really the, move the ball substantively. And you show you're competent. Um, you appeal to those people without compromising anything fundamental. And and we'll win huge victories. And I think that's the that's the lesson going forward. We're talking to Rich Lowry, longtime editor in chief of the National Review magazine. Rich, one other point. Um, and this is this mail in balloting stuff, which is driving me crazy. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you why. Uh, mail in balloting starts many months before the election. But here's the game, the scam that Democrats are using. They won't debate until the very end of the mm-hmm. election, until mm-hmm. virtually all of the mail-in balloting is completed. So yep. you heard, for example, I mean, Oz Fetterman's a classic. It's not the only one, but that's a classic. Yep. When they saw yep. the debate, okay, they said, oh, my gosh, I-, I wish I hadn't voted for him, meaning Fetterman. That this, I don't know what to do with this mail-in balloting. I mean, I don't know yep. why we can't all vote. On Tuesday, um, I understand veterans or people uh, in military overseas or absentees. But what is the answer to mail-in balloting? Because I think it's it's making a mockery of these elections. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, Fetterman, that clearly, you know, close race, that clearly could have been decisive. You know, if everyone had to vote after the debate, it's Mm -hmm. easy to see how Oz could have won. 
So, I mean, we're just in a place where, I mean, we're not going to eliminate mail-in balloting. Out West, that's, you know, it's predominantly mail-in balloting, and that accounts for the disgrace of how long it takes to, to count. Because you show up in person, you show your ID, and it's like, okay, this is a vote. You know, we'll put it in the machine, it'll be tabulated. It comes by mail, like, okay, we're going to look at your signature on the ballot, look at your registration, see, have an expert come in here and try to match the signature. And I think all that's important, you know, want to verify it. But it takes time, especially when you're not counting until Election Day. And when you uh, let ballots come in on Election Day or afterwards, you know, Nevada is still accepting mail-in ballots. Mm. It's crazy. So I would I would just encourage people to vote in person, even if it's early. You know, I think we have to have some early period. We're all used to that now. But the uh, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't work on it on several levels to have so much uh, mail-in balloting so early and then not to count it late. It's just uh, it, it makes no What's sense. What's that? You know. In the last minute here, I mean, how do we get around that? These are state issues. I get that. They're not federal issues, and I don't want to federalize election law, uh, and neither do you for that matter. But I'm just saying there has to be some restrictions on mail-in balloting, mm-hmm. it seems to me. Yeah, I mean, you just have to push it at the, the state level, hold up Florida again, you know, mm. as the example here. Mm. Um, you know, you just tabulate and count as soon as you get those votes. Right. Um, so at least we're not waiting days or weeks. Rich Lowry, Editor-in-Chief, National Review. Great to talk Thanks, to you, Larry. Rich. Thanks, for the, buddy. For the record, I give you lots of credit, Larry. Lots <laughs> of credit. Buckets of credit coming your way. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to the great Steve Forbes about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in elections. I'm Cutlow. Please stay around. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Cutlow Show. 